Welcome to DCAST, Designers Institute of New Zealand Student Council podcast. I'm Kai Concepcion, currently in my third year of study in communication design at AUT. And I'm Harry Davis in my second year of study, also doing communication design at AUT. Today we're joined by the 2019 Best Awards Gold Pin student graphics winner, Jungi Choi, an AUT graduate currently working at Iceberg. Pleasure to have you here. Thanks guys, pleasure to be here. As mentioned, me and Harry are both communication design students at AUT, and really we just wanted to have a conversation as featured designers to a young creative about your design journey and process through your gold pin project, Han, as a former student and as a young designer. Jungi, would you like to introduce yourself and your publication, what you've been doing the last couple of years? Mm -hmm. Cool. So my name's Jungi, and I graduated from AUT like a year and a half ago. I'm currently working as a graphic designer at Iceberg. It's been like a yearish now working there. Um, my project Han is kind of highlighting the social culture climate of contemporary societies, and I think the current issues with contemporary societies is there's a lot of growth and advancements, but social issues are being neglected. So it's hi- kind of highlighting the social ironies that manifest from that throughout my publication, and that's done through augmented reality, the art movement of Kish. If you guys have heard of that. Yeah, that's about my publication and myself. So what would you say drew you into design was like the, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life moment? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of students and a lot of designers say this, but I actually did painting in MCA and I loved it, but I just felt like I wasn't up to par. Like I realized that if you want to do painting, you have to be really, 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 really talented or you won't get in the market. So I was like, okay, let's try graphic design. And... I fell in love with it and I was like, this is great. I love this. And then that's where I'm now. Yeah. Same story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many designers or like art, like students say that. And yeah. it's like, it's like you do your first year of art and then. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. I'll try something different then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of students really struggle in the beginning of like a project or like their design process and taking the first step, which is like picking the focus for their project. So what was the process like in the beginnings of Han in deciding the narrative of the publication? Was the mo- What was the moment that made you go like, oh, this is it. This is what I want to make my project mm-hmm. about. I actually had a little bit of a struggle finding a final project because I realized for a final project, it's a lot of hours and months. And so you have to find a topic you have to really dedicate yourself to. And one of the things I've been neglecting as a immigrant here is looking into my culture, mm-hmm. like... It's always been inherently with me, but it's always been tucked away. Like I've never really gotten to research it. So I thought it would be a great chance to delve into it for like hours and weeks and months. And that's how I kind of got to it. And I realized this will be a great chance to look into my cultural identity and see the kind of minority backgrounds in New Zealand. So that's kind of what I've realized, yeah. yeah. And Han, the publication is like really immersive and prompts questions about identity and culture, about your um, South Korean culture through your exploring current issues of plastic surgery phenomenon and political corruption in South Korea. We see you using design as a vehicle to initiate conversations about these social issues through this project, seeing it through your Korean lens as a Korean, but also you as a creative in New Zealand. So through being Korean in New Zealand, how would you say your cultural identity alongside your studies and your life in New Zealand influence your design process and design thinking? Mm. My cultural identity in New Zealand, um, 
I like I think a lot of minority backgrounds feel this, but there is like a model minority myth, which is mm. if you're from a minority background, you just want to just demonstrate the positive aspects of yourself and your culture to New Zealand. But I just realized you have to kind of get over that and because that gives you a lot of burnout. Mm. So I've been realizing throughout my design career and as a student, I've been holding on to this model minority myth and I have I always thought I had to give 110%, like 200% on everything I do. But I think that at one point you need to kind of let go on that model minority myth. I've also realised through my culture, there is a lot of diversity. Uh, there is quite, uh, Aotearoa is quite a good country for a lot of diversity representation. And we we still have a long way to go, but it's quite beautiful to see all these cultures and all these beautiful representations as a whole in New Zealand and yeah just I think my design project also allowed me to appreciate that as well um, and it acted as a catalyst for what kind of designer I want to be in both cultural and just in like a design career pathway as well yeah yeah I think it's really important you know I, I'm also a migrant so exactly, I'm from the Philippines yeah. and everything's not really like pretty there you know like poverty and all these social issues and I feel like <laughs> if you sort of like study and like grow up in New Zealand, you sort of forget that part of you because mm -hmm. you're not in your own country. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to see Han as a publication to like open up, you know, your culture. Yeah. One of the kind of challenges there was if you're a minority, is it right to kind of highlight these issues mm -hmm. that when there isn't a lot of representation in the first place? But like you see a lot of issues being like brought up in this contemporary society right now, like that have been neglected so long, right? Like, I think you have to bring out issues if you really are passionate about something to make it better, like you mentioned, like you can't just keep it in the quiet. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's really relevant, especially like 2020. Yeah, especially like, now, like everything's being brought to the forefront. Like some issues I think need to be highlighted. Do you yeah. have any um, like current projects that are tackling in that? realm not necessarily highlighting issues but there are some projects i don't know if I, i'm allowed to talk oh, yeah. about it but um, <laughs> i'm working with someone to kind of bring forth korean culture in new zealand by food Ooh. yeah um, that's the coming project but otherwise it's just small brand projects in my commercial life yeah <laughs> in regards to your culture are there any like design practitioners or photographers or painters anything that really like kind of influenced the way you work and like topics that were in your publication so people who are cultural inspiration yeah i really enjoy um shin doku who who's a korean graphic designer and jude kang um they're quite they're quite important figures of graphic design in new zealand i think they've revolutionized what korean graphic design is in south korea otherwise just people around me like they're just great for inspiration and I've worked and, I, and I've studied with a lot of talented people and they always serve as inspiration for me I think yeah. Can you talk us through why you decided to bring augmented reality into Han and like what was the thought process behind that? Yeah so I wanted to bring and I wanted to learn a new skill set for this project and I thought because I'm highlighting the technological advancements of South Korea it would be nice to bring an element of this technological dystopian design into it and I thought it would be a great idea to bring augmented reality. It was also kind of something to challenge myself with as well like I wanted to learn a new technique and skill 
So that's why I decided to bring it forth. Yeah, it proved to be pretty effective and it was quite fun learning it. It was a kind of a challenge to get my head around though, but in the end it managed. So <laughs> how did you get about, cause you do communication design. Yes. So how did like AR, how did you start your like study and your journey with that? I, there's this really cool graphic, oh, not graphics, an augmented reality person called Kishi Masuda, which is a Japanese 3D model animator he does crazy ar stuff and i mean i stumbled upon one of his works and i was like i kind of want to give it a go mm. like although it's nothing like what his work is like I, that kind of inspired me to do it and I, it was just a lot of tutorials it was just a lot of tutorials it wasn't really easy but yeah i think anyone can do it if they give long hours and tutorials a go yeah so the way which Han uses augmented reality is like truly amazing because it really extends the idea, enhances the experience of the topics and conversations you want to be having in your publication. For students who are attempting AR, what would you say your biggest struggles were and like how would you navigate learning it? I think a lot of graphic design is 2D based. Mm -hmm. So initially, I think a lot of graphic designers will struggle to kind of wrap the head around 3D. Mm. That was one thing I really struggled with because math is not my strong <laughs> forefront. And I don't think a lot of graphic designers nope. can say that. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, if I really watch a lot of tutorials and like I said before, if you dedicate and if you're really passionate about something and you put these long hours into tutorials and learning, yeah, I think everyone can do it. So what's next? So you got um, AR. <laughs> what's your new sort of like practice? Oh, I don't know. Um, maybe I'll give painting a go again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually don't know. Like, I'm up for anything. So. <laughs> That's cool. Can you pinpoint like a specific moment or like a significant turning point in your process throughout making the project? Hmm. Like I mentioned before, like kind of accepting that I have to highlight these conflicts mm. as a minority. Initially, I really struggled to because I hate conflict and I hate getting into fights and I don't like being negative but I kind of had to before this project and kind of coming to terms with that I think that was kind of one of the biggest turning points and once I kind of committed my head around it and my lecture was like you know you kind of you can be angry sometimes like just go for it so I listened to her advice and I did it and I think that acted as a huge catalyst for what my project became. Talking about uncomfortable sort of conversations, yeah. but it like starts up <laughs> something new because there's been so many trends about like just positivity, mm. but I can see like sometimes it's ignorance if you like completely blur out mm. what's actually happening, even though it's negative. Yeah, my lecture always used to say, why can't we see any more angry graphic designers anymore? Like don't yeah. be afraid to bring out issues or uncomfortable topics. Like. So nothing has to, nothing, not everything has to be in a positive light, I think. Good advice from her. <laughs> Just highlighting back to the emotion in your work, because you said it was the angry tone of voice. How would you say that you kind of focused that down into the topic and didn't let it take control, but rather push it forward? The art movement of Kesh really helped me do this because I, yeah, um, it's kind of adding humour into it. So mm -hmm. it's the kind of art movement that was used to like comment on moral declines in society and that was shown through really like over garnished items and like over garnished colors that's kind of the art movement I dedicated myself towards and so my angry tone of voice was kind of neutralized by all the childlike collages oversaturated colors so basically using this these kish design elements into in, into my work really helped me like neutralize my angry tone. Yeah, so it's not all angry when you read it or mm. go into it, yeah, which is 
Good. <laughs> was there like a um, specific challenge that you went through in your process and how did you overcome it? One of them was kind of accepting that I have to highlight these issues. Mm -hmm. Another one was the augmented reality wrapping my head around it. That was that was technically the most hardest thing. And what haven't I mentioned? Hmm. I think just long hours of research um, and not making it really personal because I am myself am from that culture. So I didn't want to make it too personal. I wanted to kind of mirror out what is also happening in contemporary societies as well, not focus on solely like myself into this project, yeah. When you created Han, did you ever think it would win a gold pin? No, no. <laughs> no, no. I was I was extremely surprised when I so I was like, oh man, okay. <laughs> so Han was your year end project? Was yes, it? yes. And then you submitted it in Best Design Awards in 2019. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we talked earlier that AT Shift exhibition in 2018. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, being first year and seeing like the colorful wheelbarrows pop up in oh Open Oh my studio. gosh, yeah. It's like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> so I'm in third year. So I'm also in my last year of studies. And I so, just wanted to sort of, because we're coming into sort of formulating my own year-end project. Yeah. So how was... How was it like in your third year, you know, like through your design papers, your design research papers, you know? Man, it, it seems like so long ago, yeah. it's a year and a half. Time goes by so fast. Yeah, I think just enjoy that moment. Like I look back in now, you'd never get that chance to dedicate yourself to the project for so like months and weeks on end. But just like really try your best and like integrate everything you got into this project. Like cause not a lot of times you'll get in get that much hours on the project I think my third year yeah it was it was really hard it was a, it was a lot of these and coffee because <laughs> my time management skills went up to part then and I don't I, I don't know if any of you have struggled upon that but yep. um it's yeah I just try your best on that find your project and just give yourself a topic you just really want to focus on and so how did you um, hear of Best Design Awards and what was the moment for you that made you decide to enter this project? So Best Awards, I it was like one of the first things my lecturers mentioned when I came into uni. Like the first lecture, he like pulled up one of his students' Best Awards and he's like, this is, this, your design should be up to par like to this. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God. Okay, that's a lot of pressure for a first year. But that's, it, I think it never really leaves when you're in the design world. Like my, my friends, when you're in the industry, like it's always talked about. And even now, I think it's this period, that's when Best Awards is due, so everyone's kind of talking about it. But my first introduction to it was like my first week in uni. <laughs> and I wasn't overly confident about my project, but my lecturer, she, Caroline Prowley, um, she said you should probably submit it. So following her advice, I did and yeah. Who would you say inspires you creatively and how do you find yourself pushing projects further because of either their influence mm -hmm. or like the work you're seeing around you? I think a lot from my environment. So my friends that I studied with, my work, my lecturers, my, my family, movies, it, just a lot of everything. Everything you can kind of see in the environment that inspires you, I think can become a combination for your design but one of the what if you want like designer names I think like Eric Brand, Shindoku like I mentioned 
um, for the people um, from overseas. Jude Kang and David Rudnick, they're my favorite designers and I, I, they inspire me a lot because they're very like down to earth, humble, and they're not afraid to challenge perceptions and kind of ask questions about the kind of set standard of commercial design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these, those are kind of the people that inspire me. So I was like looking through your website <laughs> and I see that you have a long list of art awards under your belt. Um, stringing back from 2015. (laughs) I think in the Kiwi culture, especially among students, there's sort of this attitude of being like really shy to put yourself and your work out there. Do you have any advice? Because, you know, you've you've won a lot of competitions (laughs) for students who are struggling and shy about putting themselves out there. I I don't think awards should be like everything, like Mm. um, just try your best in your work and if you find happiness in that and satisfaction from that that's fine like awards on everything um but i think if you're shy about putting your work just go for it like i would i was like terrible like my first work was really terrible too but i think you have to put terrible work out there and then get critiqued and then that's how you find improvement you can't really know if you're surrounded by just your thoughts and ideas and i think if you're in this industry for the rest of your life or how long, how long, whatever it will be, critique will always come. So just don't be afraid to put your work out there and get critiqued because I think a lot of conversations about your work will improve it further. So just don't be afraid to just put it out there and be like, hey, what do you think? I think, yeah. What kind of student are you in university? <laughs> Take us through that. <laughs> I honestly wasn't the best student. Like... I wasn't overconfident with my abilities and that like model minority myth was still saturated in me. So if I got a bad grad, I'll be like, oh man, I suck. Like, But um, as a student, I think I really found myself in my third year. That's when I met a lot of great people. That I think was a turning point for my thoughts and what I wanted to be as a designer for the future. And I think that was set in my third year. So yeah, I wasn't the best student, but at least I learned so much from uni. I think uni is su- such a great place for you to integrate yourself with people and to gather more ideas as well, yeah. And I think every year that you're at uni, you're kind of just like maturing and like gaining more skills, building yeah. on your personality and really like opening up to who you're going to be as yeah. a designer and like just a person in general in the future. Yeah, like I think you can gain skills as a skills like the technical skills from tutorials and stuff but you will like never earn that kind of experience elsewhere than uni like that is so special like the time you get to spend in uni I think yeah so um you mentioned Caroline Powley earlier as your tutor how significant was um you know your tutor in the design process of Han oh yeah she was great like she was one of the few people that really helped me move my mindset as a career-wise and as a designer so she was always encouraging and she, I love her because she's not afraid to be like, nah, like this isn't it. Like she's very just black and white and that helped me a lot. And like I said before, having conversations about even the crappiest ideas um, really helps you. So I just had a lot of conversations with her. So I think she was quite integral for my project and for my design career as well. Yeah. Did you have any other like mentors throughout the time that came significant to your design process? Um, I think everyone in AUT did play a little special part, but 
I think Caroline definitely did. And a lot of my friends really helped as well. They weren't really mentors, but they, I think, were integral to the process too. Like, they helped a lot. As a designer, when you get a creative block in your workflow, how would you, and you like, you can't work around the situation. <laughs> yeah. What are the kind of creative outlets that you use to get past this and really just like continue on with your work or even go in a different direction? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of designers say this as well, but like, just like, I love just walking or like going around for a hike or just seeing my environment in a new light. I think that's really nice. Otherwise, my other creative outlets are like playing the guitar. I like to paint as a hobby. It didn't go well for my career, but like, <laughs> I, I do like to paint as a hobby. I like to read or, you know, watch stupid stuff on YouTube. Like, that's always a good laugh and a yarn. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably my creative outlets. What would you say your current thoughts on the design industry in New Zealand are and what would you like to see in future mm-hmm. change, Jenny? Mm-hmm. As someone who's only been in the market for a little while, I think one of the things that really stood out to me is the minority, lack of minority representation. Um, I went to uni with like 40% of the people coming from minority backgrounds, but everywhere I look around, there's not a lot of them in the industry, which is, I don't know why, but that's, I think, maybe the lack of resources or something, but I wish there was a little bit more. That's kind of one thing that stood out to me in this industry. It's quite rare to find a lot of people from minority backgrounds in the design industry. I think maybe that is something we should all work towards, yeah. yeah especially in today's current climate with yeah. Black Lives Matter movement mm. and everything just moving forward as a society. It would be great to see more cultures implemented into the design industry yeah. and see different projects and just aspects come out of it. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that would be great. It is something I would love to see in the future, yeah. As an AUT alumni yourself, what do you wish you knew then as a student that you know now? Ooh, I think, like, time management. Like, drop your ego. Like, be humble. Um, just drop your ego. And if someone says something or is critiquing your work, just listen to it. And there's always room p- for improvement. So I think taking every conversation to heart and learning from that is one of the best things. Yeah, if you have an ego, I think it acts as a barrier for improvement sometimes. So I think... I would say just drop your ego, learn as much as you can, and also manage your time. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so that's all the questions we have for today. But if, if you wanted to say anything else? No, not really, but um, I was just interested in your, your guys' projects as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's only coming the second semester, so I've been sort of still formulating what kind of project I'm doing. But I said, so, like, did you guys have an exegesis as well? No. Oh, so it was like a oh sort of like a pitch in the first semester, and oh. then we started. How was your? No, we didn't have a pitch or anything. It was the second semester's your final year project. Oh yeah, we didn't have anything. So like first semester, that. you guys didn't even think of the final year. I mean, I guess it was all in our heads, oh, yeah. but it wasn't. We didn't really actually start it in the second year. Awesome. Also, you haven't started. <laughs> oh, we yeah. had like a um, like a sort of plan on how to do it and then second year we're going to start making it awesome that's yeah. that's awesome okay that's interesting <laughs> it's so interesting to see how this like changes like it always changes each year but oh yeah. man that's awesome yeah but i, re- I really appreciate your um, publication because i'm doing mine sort of in like i'm mm. um, about social issues and awesome. highlighting bipoc of new zealand so that's sort of where my headspace is at and i feel like you know publications and work like yours really encourage 
us young designers oh, to sort that. of start those conversations. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a pleasure. I'll be looking forward to your projects, Kai and Harry, in the future <laughs> as well. Like, exciting. Awesome. Yep. Thank you for giving us behind-the-scenes insight into your creative process and journey of your gold pin-winning publication, Han, and your design journey as a creative from being a student and now as a brilliant designer. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Designers Institute of New Zealand Student Council podcast. And please keep an eye out for the next episode and follow, like, and share on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sweet. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, guys. <laughs>